Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. With us right now, we've got Justin Goodbread. Justin, you are the founder and CEO of Heritage Investor on the web at heritageinvestor.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. So, Justin, what is the, I guess, the the USP or, or what is the um, the message of uh, of the work that you do with Heritage Investor? The message is, is business owners can double their net worth every three to five years. That's a simple message. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you can, you can expand on that message to say, as we're doubling our net worth every three to five years, we can break the, the traditional uh, results that the average business owner has. And that is that 80% of our net worth is our business because we, yeah, we're kind of stubborn sometimes. I'm one of these guys. I'm a serial yeah. entrepreneur. We like to grow our companies. And then ultimately, statistically, only 4% of us actually sell our companies or turn it into a, from an illiquid asset to a liquid asset. So yeah. my whole mission with our team, we have an awesome team nationally, is to teach business owners that your business is your number one asset that you can grow and that you can grow where someone is interested in buying it from you. That's the mission. Well, then, then I guess that brings about a bunch of uh, questions or issues about if I'm in the early, so let's say, you know, a company is kind of in the uh, early growth stages, you know, they're kind of scaling up to seven figures a year. Um, you know, they're, they're in some decent experiencing that, that double growth um, what are the things that they should be putting in place, even at the earliest stages, to eventually prepare for that exit? Okay, that's a good question. So, Josh, what I would answer that question with first is you have to know where you're going, okay? So, we all take trips. We all take vacations every year, I hope. And if I'm leaving from East Tennessee, Knoxville, where I am currently reside, and traveling to Oregon, I know I have a destination. I have a time frame when to get there. So, first thing that I would tell every business owner to do, in fact, this is how we operate our litany of businesses, is to go through comprehensive financial planning. And I'm not talking about what the stock market's going to do for you. I'm talking about what are you doing today in your personal life and are you making sure that your, your cash coming in from your business is being spent properly, that you're not mm. bringing too much money home, that you're giving it all to the IRS, mm-hmm. that you're protected from a home position first, that you do have some of those assets working for you outside of your business. But more importantly, once you get, once you make sure the home front is okay, uh, my wife calls it pillow money, so to speak. Mm-hmm. She can go to bed at night and not worry about us. Okay, the good brand, so to speak. Once you get past that, then you actually take your business and you you learn how an appraisal works and you backwards engineer it. So this is where it gets ah. kind of fun in my world. What makes your business or my business attractive to a buyer? And if we understand the appraisal process and what drives the appraised value up, then we can backwards engineer and say, okay, now I see these eight key areas and we'll go over those in detail. These eight key areas which drive the appraised value of your company up. Now let's focus on that and build a exit strategy, which takes five, 10, 15, 20 years so that now that buyer is ready to buy your business. 
All right, Justin, I'm excited to find about these eight key areas. And by the way, is this something that you've actually produced? I mean, do you have a book? Do you have um, some sort of a resource that goes through these? Sure. Yeah. So we do have a book. It's called The Ultimate Sale. It's kind of walking through some of these key areas. We have another book that's coming out that's going to dive deeply into what I'm talking about today, mostly value growth. Um, mm -hmm. Our Financially Simple is our blog and podcast that we produce ourselves. We have you know, over 200 episodes on the podcast that's teaching business owners. It's me going one-on-one -on -one for 20-minute, 30-minute episodes, diving deep into various, various topics teaching. So a lot of content out there that we produce to answer your question. Okay, great, great, good. I just want to make sure. Um, so the, the title of the book is what? So if someone wanted to find it, where could they get it? Sure. So it's available on Amazon and Audible. It's called The Ultimate Sale. The Ultimate Sale, and it's on Amazon. Okay, that's good. Great. Yep. So if you're looking at your business, you have to understand that there are eight, eight key areas that drive the value of your business. And so I'm going to kind of work my way mentally around a clock, so to speak, at 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with planning. Planning is where do you want your business to be in three years? Okay, I don't care about 20 years. The market, everything moves too fast right now to plan a 20-year time frame. What do you want to accomplish in the next three years? It's been said that we entrepreneurs underestimate what we can accomplish in three to 10 years, but we overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, right? Mm -hmm. So our job in the planning section is to come out with strategic planning. In fact, we have a course coming out that people can check that out on Financially Simple on strategic planning, how you can walk away through that course or through your process with 27 specific action items that can help you outline the plan for your next 36 months. So planning is number one. That's my 12 to one o'clock or so, okay? After you go through planning, then we deal with leadership. How are you going to educate yourself, your team, your customers, your vendors to help them point you in the right direction? So that's leadership section. We then deal with sales and marketing. Believe it or not, sales and marketing, two different things. We, we mm -hmm. know that in our world. The appraising software also identifies that. Sales is what allows people to come into our business, what attracts them. Marketing is what gets them to the door for us to so ultimately sell them, right? Yeah. So sales and marketing is, are the next two steps on that out of the eight. The following two is people and operations. So people is how strong is our bench? How strong is our team? Do we have a national championship team that we are working with in our organization? And the operations are, can we systemize the company the processes that we use in a company that, that can drive us to that point of success. The way I like to describe it is uh, we've all seen the Golden Arches, McDonald's Corporation, and we realize that it's not uncommon across the globe for 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds to cook french fries and not burn a restaurant down yeah, because McDonald's <laughs> has a system for even cooking yeah. french fries. So we want to systematize our practice. And then ultimately we deal with finance and legal. Finance is not just your profit and loss statement or your balance sheet, your, your financial statements. It's actually calculating things like hurdle rate, calculating things like cost of capital, calculating your pro forma. In legal, you're dealing with all those things that are risk management perspective. So if you take all eight areas, you're ultimately trying to de-risk your company. So yeah. let me explain that. If we look at Apple, for example, Apple's one of the largest companies in, on the globe, right? They, if I look at their, at their valuations or if their stock price valuations, 
I can pretty much bet that the valuation's accurate because they're following the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. They have all these top heads in all eight of those key areas that are best in class. They can actually go, the sales team can go to national sales conferences and teach sales because they're that good. Whereas in my business, my financial statements, even though I'm in the world of finance, may not be as good as Apple's because maybe I just have a CPA who's preparing them and they're not prepared or compiled in accordance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, right? So as an investor is looking at my financials, they can question and poke holes through my numbers a little bit easier than they can Apple's, okay? So yeah. what we're trying to do in that growth of our business is to take eight, all eight of those key areas, so planning, leadership, sales, marketing, people, operations, finance, and legal, those eight key areas, and make it where all eight of those areas are best in class, where you have trained people who are department heads over those eight key areas that can go to their national sales organization and teach other, other vendors, other competitors, et cetera, why, you have a best-in-class business. And in doing so, you've decentralized yourself. You've moved yourself as the business owner from the center of that business because you have systems and operations, people, processes that can run your company. So those are the eight areas. And I would imagine in your experience, you don't see many financial pro, uh, uh, professionals. So let's say I have a book, obviously if I have a bookkeeper and a tax, you know, preparer, they're not going to get involved in any of this stuff. Um, it's, it's probably not until you get to, uh, you know, bringing in a CFO or VCFO that's going to start thinking about these issues. And until then, it's the founder CEO that needs to be responsible for this. Yeah, that's well said. So, um, the, the, uh, usually McDonald's, sticking with that as a theme, the McDonald's brothers cooked a lot of hamburgers and they probably made a great hamburger compared to today's McDonald's hamburger, right? Yeah. Ray Kroc didn't cook too many hamburgers. What he did was he said, look, we're not going to be in the hamburger business. We're going to be in the restaurant business. We're going to be in the property holding business ultimately is what they're doing. And so he develops systems. Whenever we start a business, no matter where we're at in that business, you're right. We are blood, sweat, tears, 24-7. We're doing what we can to drive that business off the ground. But what we have to do sooner than later, if we truly want a business, again, my definition of business is you can leave through whatever reason and the thing stays, stays afloat and grows without your presence, okay? So if we truly want a business, like passive real estate, like passive stocks, et cetera, that can provide income to us that is sellable at a top value, then ultimately we have to systematically move ourselves from the center of that business over time. So for example, in my world, I'm a strong D personality. I'm a high planner. I'm really good at planning. I'm really good at leadership. I'm awful, very bad at dealing with people on a soft skill level and operations. That's not my strengths. So the very first thing I did was hire somebody very, very good to come in and offset my weaknesses. And so you continue to do that. As you build yourself, you can decentralize yourself, which is the goal, Josh. Yeah. And um, so again, uh, Justin, if we're going through, excuse me, the um, <clears throat> eight areas, um, and, and I, I want to just pause just a, just a little bit longer on each one of those. So this okay. could be a little bit longer episode than, than uh, typical. Um, so the very first one, again, could, could you go through, what was the very first one? Sure. So the first one is planning. So planning. Um, so um, when planning is really just deciding where it is that you want to go. Is that right? 
that, that's ultimately it. But we've all heard the smart analysis, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, repeatable, tra- mm-hmm. trackable, right? So we all heard smart. So if I use my simple financial mind here and I'd say, okay, I want my business to double in three years. Okay. Well, now I've got, I have an idea on how to make it double. All right. I know what I want to do. I want to take the top line revenue of the sales, I hope, and double the revenue. Or do I want to double the net, the margins? Or do I want to double the NOI? Or do I want to double the the cost of goods, the cog position of the business? Mm. So whenever we start in the planning, it's not just saying, here's where I want to go. It's actually becoming extremely descriptive and laying out the exact steps that you're going to do to get there. So the easiest way for me to explain it, because I know your listeners are all different types of businesses, all different types. The easiest way to explain it is, is I want to take a vacation. Uh, my family and I want to go to Oregon, as I mentioned earlier. We want to leave from Knoxville. Okay, are we going to take a boat? You could do it, I guess. Go around through the Panama Canal. Are we going to take a plane, train, car? How are we going to get there? That's the first question. When are we going to get there? How long are we going to stay? What are we going to eat? What happens if there's hiccups? So think about planning that vacation that is planning for business. Mm. You're going to look at it as, as almost microscopically as we do when we plan our vacations, but you're going to do it in the business level. And you're going to apply a plan to all eight areas of that business. How, what is your marketing plan? How are you going to attract or convert those, the, attract the right customers? How are you going to attract the top 20% of those customers? So that's planning. You're trying to get specific yeah. action steps that is delineated throughout the entire organization that everybody can follow. Okay. You know, um, I would imagine then that if your goal is to get to the Northwest and, and you're in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, you'll know when you get kind of close to ready for exit when you get to Oregon. <laughs> Right. And until then, you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm still somewhere in the middle of Nebraska, Uh, you know, even though and it can happen. Um, Someone from the outside can say, hey, I really like what you guys are doing. Uh, You know, you'll know that you're just not like you're not going to get the valuation that you can because you've got a plan. Right. That's exactly right. So what would go, it goes back to that personal financial plan first. So where do you and your family as a business owner want to be in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Where do you want to be? What is that picture? Because ultimately, unlike the Wall Street type financial advisors, who you're not going to traditionally save your way to the lifestyle that the majority of us business owners and entrepreneurs want to have. Just not going to happen mathematically. Okay. And I I know that's a little contrarian to to some advice, my opinion. Okay. So what we end up doing is we end up having real estate or business and both are great assets in the business world. It's amazing how staggering it is that people are working in their business and not on their business. And so now whenever they get closer to that destination, use that metaphor of Oregon, no one's interested in it. And then we find ourselves as business owners, and I deal with this constantly. We have thousands of people that we deal with, and we have, I see it constantly, Josh, when they're 60 years old, 70 mm-hmm. years old, they got a nice job that requires them to work 60, 70 hours a week, and all they want to do is go on vacation, and they can't because they're at the center, the epicenter of their business because they didn't start 10, 15 years ago, slowly removing themselves from the business. So in that journey across from the southeast where I'm located up to the northwest of the United States, it's an idea of every step in that process as we take that journey across the country, how close, how much closer we get to decentralizing ourselves in the business. 
Mm-hmm. On the subject of exits, Justin, what are what do you see as kind of the most common models for exits? Is it just complete buyout and bye bye, and you know we're we're not going to you know enjoy you know enjoy life on the beach, or do you see a lot more of like well, I mean, I know there's a lot of different models. I'm just curious if if you have noticed any trends or like you know an exit for most people is going to kind of look like. X. And, and, and what, what have you seen? Yeah, so it's going to depend on the industry. And so if you were to tear the industries apart, then you could mm-hmm. pretty much get into a bandwidth of where you're going to, where this is going to happen. So for example, the entrepreneur or doctor, so your dentist, your vets, your chiropractors, it's not uncommon for them to have not tell a team that they're actually selling the practice. Nice. All of a sudden, sell it, bring an associate in or bring the new buyer in and say, hey, he's just bought the practice, she just bought the practice, and now I'm going to work with him for the next three months, six months, et cetera, and I'm out of here. That's wow. not uncommon, okay? Whereas on the other side, I've got clients right now in the manufacturing industry that it's a three-year transition. In fact, mm-hmm. they have they have a callback provisions in place on the exit that holds that seller there to pretty much guarantee that the business is going to morph or change hands. So think of it in the terms of the relay that like we see at the Olympics, you're actually passing that baton. And depending on how fast that business is moving, the baton handoff takes longer. If the business is more centralized, slower moving or more isolated, it can be a rather fast handoff. And Justin Goodbread, this has been a, a sadly way too short conversation for what we need to talk about. That, but that's kind of the nature of this show is, you know, it's just kind of whet your appetite uh, for the thought leadership that exists today. So um, I, I want to encourage people to, uh, to find your podcast and they can do that right now by just searching in their podcast app and looking for Financially Simple. I got it up. I'm your, I'm your brand newest subscriber and I can't wait to dig into this. This is really great stuff. So you're the, you're the host there. And then of course, you're also the founder of heritageinvestor.com and CEO. And then uh, Justin, one more time on your book. Yeah, so the book is the ultimate sale. It's on Amazon. Yep, and I would for right I would, I would uh, in, in, in encourage everybody to look at financially simple. That's the hub of my life. Yeah, financially simple is, is it's what we produce the book through. It's what we produce the courses. Is what we produce the podcast. And there's over a thousand articles. Many have appeared in in some national publications that is instructing business owners that look, we can, man, Josh, you and I, we can change the destiny for business owners. We don't have to retire broke. Wow. This has been great stuff. Justin Goodbread, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? 
Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.